0: We resume our lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which deals with spiritual gifts. In this message, Pastor Harris teaches us 12 truths about spiritual gifts to keep us from speculating beyond what the Bible teaches. Please listen closely as Pastor Jim teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled Don't Be Ignorant about spiritual gifts, part two. Fourthly, we said spiritual gifts are not natural abilities. By that, we mean that the Holy Spirit is the source of these gifts, and along with them comes a, a, a divine energy provided to use them. Now, I always get questions about this, and uh, even though uh, we haven't been able to meet together this week, I have had that question come up a couple of times. Well, how can you tell the difference between natural abilities and spiritual gifts? I mean, what if we have um, two pianists and two vocalists, um, and, and they are accompanying and singing a wonderful piece of music that, that exalts God? and one pianist and one singer are not believers and the other is a uh, the, the the other two the other two are and all four of them are spectacularly skilled and well trained how can you tell the difference well in one sense you can't but in the other sense the most important thing uh, in their lives is the motivation Am I doing this as my offering of my body as a living sacrifice to glorify God and Him only? Now, I can't necessarily tell by looking at you. You can't necessarily tell by looking at me, but that's very important, and it is a fundamental difference. The other thing is the fruit. In the lives of those people who are using both those natural abilities and the spiritual gifts, the question is, Is the gospel being proclaimed through the life of that person? Is the fruit of the Holy Spirit evident in the life of that person? Is attention being focused to the true God, or is attention being focused on that person? All right, number five of the 12 truths about spiritual gifts. Using your gift promotes unity. The Holy Spirit is never divided against Himself, uh, Ephesians 4 makes it clear, the edifying use of spiritual gifts in the body of Christ by the people that God has put into the body of Christ brings about the unity of the body of Christ, and as the body of Christ works together as one, people are increasingly brought to maturity in Christ. Number six, gifts are not necessarily a sign of maturity or spirituality, and I showed you a couple of verses, 1 Corinthians 1.7 and 1 Corinthians 3.1. This church lacked no gift, but they were ridiculously, shamefully, sinfully immature as a group. So, spiritual gifts can be misused by people who are uh, walking according to the flesh. Number seven, your gift is not for you. Uh, Now, you can get a blessing when you use your spiritual gift, You may grow in your study. You may be blessed as you see people uh, grow or respond or however, but your spiritual gift does not exist to make you happy. Your spiritual gift does not exist to make you mature. See the previous point. It's for the purpose of ministering to the rest of the body of Christ. And people who are recommending seeking spiritual gifts for their own growth, for their own blessing, for their own benefit, totally misunderstand the purpose of spiritual gifts altogether. Now that's where we left off last time and now we're going to forge ahead. Number 8 in our lift in our list. Your gift is unique. It's unique. 1st Corinthians 12:11. But one and the same spirit works all these things referring back to those five words that describe gifts. He works all these things distributing to each one individually, just as He wills. Every individual Christian, every single one who believes in the saving work of Jesus Christ, each one has a unique makeup. We all have unique genetic backgrounds, and we have unique experiential backgrounds. And you put that together with the Holy Spirit very clearly sovereignly distributing the gifts as He wills, that makes it pretty clear every single Christian is a unique entity, a unique creation. Each one is important. Each one is indispensable in the body of Christ. Now, just like with your physical body... uh, Parts of the body of Christ are not interchangeable. Each part serves its function in coordination with all the others. So your gift is unique, and I think I mentioned last time, therefore, when, when we see lists of the gifts in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, those are, not, um, those are not exhaustive lists. Those are samples or examples of things that the Holy Spirit does uh, through people. Number nine, you are not commanded to know your gift. Now, when I first entered the, the, the pastoral ministry, um, I, I once got into a very heated discussion because I said this from the pulpit you're not commanded to know your gift. And it was very popular back in those days to, to have uh, spiritual gift inventories. You could take these tests to decide what your gifts are. Like in, in school, in the eighth grade, we took, we took uh, inventories for what might be our life's calling, and my test came out, said so I should have been an Air Force pilot. Well, I'd been grounded uh, I, didn't, I, I never did do that. Well, that, that kind of thing was applied to, uh, to spiritual gifts. And, and many people have taught that, and, and in some circles, made a big deal out of it. And I say, without any support from Scriptures. The, the believers should, are never commanded to try to discover their gifts. When well, I said that, some people got upset with me, and I said, Okay, well, what passage says it? There's no command. And somebody said to me, Well, it's an implied command. And I said, where is it implied? It has to be clear if it's a command from God. And a guy opened up his notebook from a conference that he'd gone to, and he read me a sentence that said that it is imperative that we know and discover what our spiritual gifts are. And he closed the book and said, you're wrong. That was a a dark day in my early ministry. But following that teaching, there are these tests or inventories. They're well-intended efforts to help people minister in the body of Christ. I'm not attacking a motive, but I'm saying you're putting something into the Scripture that isn't there. When you make a thorough study of the New Testament passages on spiritual gifts, you'll just find an absence of any command to do that. And how do you prove something's not in the Bible? Well, you read the whole Bible and it's never there. So those well-intentioned tests that designed to help Christians discover their gifts usually cause confusion and they lead to unhealthy introspection. We're not called to look into ourselves, we're called to look at the Lord. We're called to look at the Scripture, not to follow our own hearts, uh, if you will. So in the passages that deal with spiritual gifts, the emphasis is never on finding out what your gift is. The emphasis is on using your gift, knowing that if God puts an opportunity in front of you and you seize that opportunity, He will enable you to address that opportunity, to meet that need or whatever. And you can have confidence to minister because He promises to enable you. Now, while you're not commanded to seek to know your gift, I will say this. As you go about serving God in the body of Christ you're going to begin to see patterns of things and types of activities that God seems to bless in your life. That's probably related to your giftedness. From those patterns, I think you gain a better and better understanding of what God chooses to do through you. You'll get a pretty good idea of how you might describe your gifts and what sort of things you would seek out. And I would also say that as you mature in Christ it should be harder and harder for you to pinpoint one gift. Because the more mature you are in Christ, the more you're going to act like Christ. And the more you act like Christ, the more you're going to minister to any and every need that comes your way. So, number 10, seeking to know your gift can cause problems. And here's what I mean. The first would be confusion, Most Christians who have gotten into that kind of thinking that they need to discover their gifts get frustrated by their inability to do so. Or they take the inventory and say, well, I have three gifts. Now I'm schizophrenic. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, And on the other extreme, focusing on just one gift and, and saying, that's what I do, well, that can limit a person's willingness to minister as the Spirit leads. I mean, what if you think that, you're, that your gift is teaching and God puts a bruised and bleeding, bloody person that was just uh, mugged on the sidewalk in front of you? Well, I'm sorry. Go in peace. Be warmed and be filled. By the way, do you know about the doctrine of the sovereignty of God? No! You bend down and you bind up the wounds. So it has caused some parts of the body of Christ to become like that centipede that used to know how to walk, and then he tried to figure out which foot to move first. It, It can really be a confusing thing. Another thing it can do is cause people to rationalize lack of service. Some Christians fixate on what they think their gifts are, and so they use that as an excuse to only do the things that they want to do, the things they like to do. And as I said, the more mature a Christian comes, the more effectively he or she is going to minister in a wide variety of situations. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.